Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, Believers Church. Uh, welcome to our virtual only service. And uh, this weekend, we thought it best to uh, slow down, take a week off. Uh, a lot of our Dream Team volunteers uh, you know, are very sick with flu-like sickness. And then we do have a few people that have come down with COVID. So we thought if we go from last week, skip this week, and next week we have two weeks where we're giving everybody that rest. You'll hear more about that. And you've heard a lot about it on social media. But I want to welcome you to the kingdom, our brand new series. And before I go any further, I wanna welcome everybody. We're all online, but everybody from the Boardman campus, welcome. I'm so excited and so proud about what God's doing in Boardman. I wanna welcome everyone from the Warren campus. I'm so excited and proud about what God's doing in Warren. And I also wanna welcome all the men at TCI Correctional Facility. Guys, we're excited about what God's doing in and through you. And again, I am excited about this brand new series, The Kingdom, because you know we just came through a presidential election, big deal, and some people are, not, are happy, some are unhappy. And I really believe this series, Four Lessons, is going to place it all into perspective. And the fourth lesson really is gonna help us understand this election and understand what's going on and uh, why things are happening the way they are, so make sure whether you can hear it live or not, you listen to it on demand. So I wanna open up with a story about this kingdom that we live in. It's referring to God's kingdom, Jesus is the king. But a couple decades ago, someone won the presidency that I did not like, and I did not vote for this person. And the number one reason was morality issues. They were not a moral person. And I also didn't like a lot of their views on how to run the country. So I didn't vote for them. And they, they won. So I was kind of upset with God, and then I was upset with them, and I just fell into news. Of course, we didn't have 24-hour cable like we do today, but I began to watch the news more often and watch shows at midnight that I just wanted to hear more about it. And then I began to listen to talk radio, and I'm listening to talk radio that's against the president, and it was blowing up and growing during that time because the president won. And I'll never forget, I was in a devotional time and God spoke a word to me. And it wasn't through these ears, but he spoke in my heart like he does so often with all of us. And he'll use scriptures when he does that. He'll bring them to our remembrance. And I'll never forget God speaking to my heart and saying, Joe, you care more about your earthly kingdom, America, because we, we call it a nation, but it's a kingdom, right? You care more about America than you do my kingdom. And you're putting more of your time into this nation than you are my kingdom. And then the scripture came up out of Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God rebuked me. And he wasn't telling me I can't care about our country. He wasn't telling me I can't follow politics. He wasn't telling me I can't watch the news, but he was saying that I have to have a heart more than anything for the kingdom of God. And we're gonna find out in this series why that's so important. And you know what else happened? Peace came into my life, it was awesome. And I'm walking in peace right now. I'm not saying you know, whether I'm happy or not. I'm not political at all, I'm just telling you, I don't care what's going on in this nation. You and I can walk in peace and that's really, really important. So we're gonna amplify and we're gonna help you see by magnifying what the Bible says about the kingdom of God. And I think it's interesting. 
Take a look at what Jesus did, Acts 1 verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So this is that time from the resurrection until the ascension when Jesus ascended into heaven and left this earth. For 40 days, he would meet with the disciples. And what did he talk about? Did he talk about you know, how to make Rome Christian and how to change Rome? And I'm not saying we can't have a desire to change our nation. The Bible says pray for it. No, he talked about the kingdom of God. That's how important the kingdom of God is. And that's what God was rebuking me over, that I didn't see the importance of his kingdom. Listen to Acts 28, verse 30. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house. This is the last couple years of his life. He's retired now. People are coming to him. And he welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. I think it's interesting. Uh, talking about Jesus means he's sharing Christ and people are coming to the Lord. But listen to what he talked about to the Christians that came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. It is so incredible, the kingdom of God. And we're part of two kingdoms and God's not saying, don't be concerned about yours, but whew, the kingdom of God. L listen to this, Matthew 13, 10. The disciples came to him and asked, uh, Jesus, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. God will use the word heaven and God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He'll interchange those throughout the gospels. But notice the kingdom is full of secret principles. And we'll hear some of those in lesson two. And we'll talk about some of these principles in lesson three. And we'll talk about some of them in lesson four. And it's gonna be amazing. So I thought it would be cool just to take a minute and talk about some of the longest lasting earthly kingdoms. And the first one, I doubt that very few people, unless you're a history buff or maybe a history major have heard of this first one, but it's called the Axum Empire. It lasted 840 years. It, it was in Africa, the continent of Africa, and it took place during the same time as the Persian. It kind of overlapped the Persian and the Roman Empire. They were strong and nobody messed with them. And they lasted longer than almost any other uh, uh, kingdom ever lasted, 840 years. But here's the point, they no longer exist. Any kingdom on this earth, we might call it a nation, uh, they are going to cease to exist. How about this one? We know this one, the Roman Empire. They, they reigned for 503 years, and we see a lot of the Roman Empire through Hollywood and movies, but then they're no more. And they, they went a little longer, but they ruled, and they were powerful for just 503 years, no longer exist. We, we know and remember this one, right? The British Empire. They reigned for 331 years. They covered a quarter of the earth, earth, and a quarter of the earth's population was under British rule. And I'm not saying they were perfect. Uh, they did terrible things to indigenous people. I'm just telling you their kingdom ruled for that long, but they no longer exist. Great Britain exists, but their kingdom no longer exists. It came to an end. And here's where I wanna end before we open up this lesson and go with what I wanna bring out. The American empire, 
you say it's a nation. No, it's an empire, it's dominant, and it's controlling much of the earth. And it's 243 years old and counting, guys. And do you know that we are the most powerful empire of all times? We are. We have had the world's largest economy since 1871, and we have the world's largest and strongest military. And of course, we have some terrible things in our past, what we did to the American Indians, the indigenous people, slavery. We're not perfect, we keep improving. But guys, I don't know that we'll go as long as the British Empire because we're so close to the end times. But again, you, if you're listening, those of you from America, we have people listen from other countries all over the world. But for all of us Americans, we're part of the most powerful empire of all times. But guess what's more powerful? The kingdom of God. We have two citizenships, and I hope to bring that out. And again, I'm not telling us not to pray for our nation. The Bible says we should pray for our nation. I'm not telling you you have to be happy with uh, results from an election or you, that you can't be happy either way, either side of the aisle, right? Here's what I'm saying. The kingdoms of this earth will come and they will go, but there is a kingdom that you're part of and it is eternal. As a matter of fact, here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out of this lesson. Never forgetting, remembering forever. It goes like this. Jesus is the ancient king of a timeless coming kingdom. And he is ancient, and we're gonna see that. And yet his kingdom is timeless. It exists right now, and it's in a certain phase right now. And then it's going to come literally to the earth. So I thought it would be cool to take the kingdom of God, our king, Jesus, the ancient king, and it would be just so cool to divide the three ages of the kingdom of God. And it will help us understand, it will set us up for this series. And it's really, really exciting because this is our king, guys. This is our king. And no matter what happens down here, he's our king. And this is not a startup kingdom. It's just not, it didn't start up 2,000 years ago when he arrived. So let, let's look at some, uh, some cool things about this first era of the kingdom of God. And, and I call it the ancient era. It's old. And I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, my grandparents would come over on Sundays and my grandpa was like 96 or seven. He was really old and he loved to swim and we had a swimming pool. So uh, they volunteered me because I was a really good swimmer to take him swimming. Well, I had to go into the basement and get his trunks on. And I just remember looking at his arms and his face and his chest and thinking, I have never seen more wrinkles in my life. And I'd take him into the pool and I'd look at all those wrinkles and I'd think, oh my goodness, I've never seen so many wrinkles in all my life. And back then I still believed in God. It was before my brother died and I walked away from God. And I just remember thinking, God must have tons of wrinkles because I knew God was older than my grandpa. And guess what guys, he's ancient but he doesn't have any wrinkles, no, no, no. And he is as powerful today and he'll be as powerful tomorrow as he was back in the beginning and before the beginning. So here's some cool scriptures. This is the ancient era, right? Psalm 90 verse two, before the mountains were created, before the earth was formed, you are God without beginning or end. A thousand years are but as yesterday to you they are like a single hour. This is our king, guys. And notice what it declares, without beginning 
and without end. God was never born. There's no beginning. And many of us are familiar with this next scripture. I'm going to read it to you out of the Living Bible. It's a paraphrase, but they did such a good job paraphrasing from the Greek. So listen to John 1, verses 1 through 2. Before anything else existed, there was Christ, or Jesus, with God. He has always been alive and is himself God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. And I know Christians have different, you know, points of view on on how everything came into existence. If you read Genesis chapter one, verses one and two, you see there's a big gap. The earth could be billions and trillions of years old. The Bible covers that, but here's what we're after right now. Take a look at this verse. He has always been alive and is himself God. He's God the Son. So in the beginning, God created the universe and that's when time came into existence. But he existed before time and he stands above time. He's God. He is the ancient king with no beginning. And you are part of his kingdom if you're a Christian. And one more verse. This verse was so applicable for the day and age in which we're living. Psalm 145, verse 13. Your kingdom is a kingdom eternal. You never get voted out of office. Isn't that awesome? God always does what he says and is gracious in everything he does. You know, you can't vote Jesus out of office. There's no way. You you, you may not like him, but you can't vote him out of office. And if you don't like him, there's coming a day when you will have to face him. But for all of us that like him and have accepted him as our savior, guys, He's the eternal king. He's always existed. Here's phase two. We're living in this phase right now. So this is where we're living. It's the expansion era. And it is an amazing time. It began with the resurrection of Jesus. It will end when he comes back to the earth. I'm simplifying that for time's sake, but that's about the time period, right? And we are expanding God's kingdom right now. That's a pretty cool time to live. People were expanding it since the time he's been raised from the dead. Apostle Paul expanded it, Peter expanded it, all the great men and women of God through history. And now we have the pleasure of expanding the kingdom of God. And I thought this scripture out of Revelations, it's a future scripture, I just thought it was amazing, just to make a point. Listen to Revelation 5.8. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, that's Jesus. Each one had a harp and they were holding a golden, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Remember, there's a scene in heaven, God the Father is holding a scroll and he says, who's worthy to take the scroll? Who is worthy? And no one in heaven was worthy, but then the lamb stood, came forth and he said, I can take it. And the lamb of God, Jesus took it and then listen to verse nine. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seven seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons. Here's what I want you to see. From every tribe and language and people and nation. We have brothers and sisters in every nation in the world. They're, they're fellow citizens of the kingdom of God. So think about it. You know, if we look at China, the government in China is really evil. They're like Japan was before they bombed Pearl Harbor. They are evil, but they're not even 5% of the population. Those 95% plus Chinese people, they're good people. 
And guess what, guys? There's a ton of them that have accepted Jesus. There are brothers and sisters, and someday we'll be in heaven with them, but they're brothers and sisters now. Think of Iran, uh, bad leadership. They wanna blow up Israel. They wanna blow up America, the great Satan, the little Satan. They, they wanna blow us up. But do you know there are millions of Christians in Iran? Millions of them. Same with North Korea, same with every country in the world. And when we accept Jesus as our savior, we become part of this kingdom, the kingdom of God, and it keeps expanding. And we have brothers and sisters all over the world. And we'll see more about that in up and coming lessons. But listen to verse 10, it reads, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Future promise will reign with Jesus. But guys, we're part of a kingdom and we're priests of the most high God. I love what Colossians says, listen to this, chapter one, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, Satan's kingdom, and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave us of all our sins. So when we accepted Christ, we continue to be an American citizen, for those of us from America, but we left that kingdom of darkness, we've been, transported into God's kingdom. Guys, his kingdom was expanded. When I was 19 years old and I prayed, Jesus, I accept you as my savior, guess what happened, guys? The kingdom of God had one new subject, me. And the same thing happened with each and every one of you. And that's why as a church, we're always reaching out to the world and always trying to bring people into the kingdom because that's our number one role as children of God. And I like what Jesus said. Listen to this. Most of us can quote this. It's, it's Matthew eleven twelve, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching and baptizing until now, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing. It means it's not easy. It means we have to work at it. It means we'll be persecuted and, and violent people are attacking it. And you know what? You went through, many of you went through the my, my, my Future America series, and we know this world's gonna attack the church, and even more so as we go forward. But guys, you know what we're gonna do? We're going to forcefully advance. We're not stopping. We're in the expansion stage of the kingdom of God. So I thought I'd share a couple really cool stats with you. These are amazing, and it's, I call these the hot spots around the world where people are coming to Christ, but it's, you know, it's, it's not the full numbers. The full numbers for the world will be probably three times bigger than this, but I just wanna show you some spots, all right? Listen to this, 20,000 people per day are accepting Christ in China. That's 7.3 million a year. So bad government, but these Chinese people, 20,000 a day. At the end of the day, there'll be 20,000 new brothers and sisters in China. The kingdom of God is expanding. How about this? This blew my mind. 16,000 African Muslims are accepting Christ per day. That's 6 million per year. So Islam has gotten into the continent of Africa and, and many Africans have converted to Islam and most of them forcefully because they'll cut their heads off if they don't accept Islam but here's God working right now. 16,000 of them a day are accepting Jesus Christ, becoming our brothers and our sisters. This next one's mind blowing. Asian Access Ministries, who operates in 16 Asian countries, not including China, so those China numbers are not in there, this doesn't include China, reports 50,000 people per day 
50,000 per day are accepting Christ. That's 18.3 million per year. Think about it, at the end of the service, uh, in, in just this one hour service, 50,000 people in these 16 Asian nations are gonna accept Christ. So if we put just these three hotspots together, um, 31 million people in 2020 are going to accept Christ, become our brothers and sisters, 86,000 per day. So at the end of today, 86,000 people will accept Christ. And then think about this, 3.5 thousand an hour. That's crazy. And it's even bigger than that. But that's what's happening during this expansion stage. And if you were the devil, what would you want to do? And you'd want to get the church focused on earthly kingdoms and all caught up on earthly kingdoms. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't love our country. We, we shouldn't want the best for our country. But guys, the enemy doesn't want us the kingdom of God to expand, and God is still expanding it. It's amazing, and I don't want us as Americans to get behind. I want us to help continue expanding the kingdom of God. Here's the third era, and this, this is going to be a joyous time. I think we're closer than ever, and I call it the ruling era. This is when Jesus comes back to the earth, and it's going to be awesome. I mean, think about it. Revelations 1-7 reads, See, he is arriving surrounded by clouds and every eye shall see him. Yes, and those who pierced him and the nations will weep in sorrow and in terror when he comes because they've rejected him. These aren't believers. Yes, amen, let it be so. So somewhere in the future, Jesus is returning to set up a kingdom on the earth. I'm keeping it simple. I'm not gonna give you every detail, but I want you to think about those people right now that hate God, don't believe in God, hate Christianity. They're all over our case. Hollywood people, Washington people, not all, but many, right? Prominent people, news people. They hate us. They hate the church. Not political. They just don't like Jesus. They're, they're connected to that antichrist spirit. But listen to what the Bible reads. This is really important, and this will give you peace. Not that we wanna see it, we wanna save as many of them as we can. But Philippians 2.9 reads this way, therefore God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Whoa. So think about, you're wondering, who's lying? Who's lying in Washington? What's the truth, right? Uh, and then these Hollywood people come out and just, they just blaspheme God and they blaspheme Jesus. And you're thinking, oh, this isn't fair. And no, there's coming a day where they will bow their knees and they will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. It's gonna be too late for so many of them. But I was in a Saturday morning prayer. Uh, 9 a.m. we pray on Saturdays. We had, to, this is like six weeks ago or so, and we had a powerful prayer, and we're at the end, and I had a word, so I spoke this word. It was a prophetic word, and it was very it's exhorting and very fun and very strong. And then I just said, guys, let's just wait. So we waited, and then Pastor Rick Fritz, who I love, he, he teaches here occasionally, powerful healing ministry. Pastor Rick, uh, you know, he came out, and he, he said, here's what I'm seeing. And he talked to us about that end time revival that we talked about in the uh, you know, Future America series. He said, here's what God's showing me in my heart, that just before that revival comes, we're going to see Hollywood people that hate God, 
that are anti-God, we're gonna see a bunch of them accept Jesus as their savior and they're going public. And it's gonna happen in Washington with politicians. Some of them you may just can't stand. Some of them are gonna be born again and they're gonna to begin to talk about Jesus. And when Rick said it, it just bore witness with my heart. We're coming into a season, I really believe we're close to that final revival and we're gonna to begin to see some anti-God people accept God and the ones that don't, Jesus is coming to set up his kingdom. Listen to this, guys, Daniel 2.44. During the reign of those kings, uh, that would be the Antichrist and the kings that were with him. Uh, that's the, the context. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and will stand forever. Jesus the king is coming back. This is a strong statement. I have pastor friends making it all over the country and I think I need to make it. Are you ready? Jesus isn't coming to become the president of America or the United States. He's coming to rule the world. And it's going to be out of Jerusalem in a nation called Israel. And whoever rules America, I don't know who will, Jesus will appoint to rule America. Maybe one of you listening. Might be a grandma who all she does is pray all day, right? I don't know who it's going to be, but all of us will help rule with Jesus. But he's coming and he's going to rule from Israel. And whoever becomes the president of America will bow their heart and knee and they will serve him. Listen to Daniel 7:13. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like the son of man, that would be Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one, that would be God the Father, and was led into his presence. Verse 14, he was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that the people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal, it will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. That's the coming kingdom. That's the third phase. We're heading that direction, guys. And I wanted to do this first lesson with this big idea. Jesus is the ancient king of a timeless king, kingdom uh, coming to set up his kingdom. And he's coming. And so what do we do? We're gonna find out in the next three lessons. I've alluded to it, man, but we just serve him and we do our best to expand his kingdom. And we have nothing to worry about because our king will come and set up shop someday. And while he is expanding, he says, there's gonna come a time where I do this supernaturally. Like we're gonna have this big end time revival. And so I think we're near that time. And in the meantime, what do we do? We just, we do the business of the kingdom. We rest. And you know what? It's easy to rest when you think, you know what? You're pretty sassy, but someday you will answer my king. And we don't have to say that publicly, but it's nice to know that, right? Everybody will answer the king of kings. And that's who we're serving. And we have the privilege of helping to expand his kingdom. Guys, I have had a blast. And for a moment more, Maybe you're listening and you say, I am not sure I'm part of that kingdom. And we talked about how God's expanding it, right? And you say, I, I wanna become part of that kingdom. Well, that's why Jesus died. And Jesus said, I died and God raised him from the grave. And he said, if you call on my name, I'll save you. And if you're visiting right now, or maybe someone shared this with you, one of our uh, believers, members, they, they told you this is really powerful, it will really help you, and you've listened, and God's gotten hold of you, and you say, you know what? I don't know what's happening, but I feel it, and I'm ready to pray. That's the king, he's knocking on the door of your heart, and he's saying, this is the time for you to give me 
an entrance into your heart and I'll change your life forever. So right now, I'm not asking you to join a church or a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church or water baptized as a baby or an adult, all good things. None of them will allow you into heaven if you don't first make it right with Jesus and accept him as your savior. And you know what we do in order to do that? We humble our hearts and we say, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior. If you're listening, you say, I'm ready. The rest of us, can you hang, hang on and help them pray? If you pray this with me from your heart, the miracle will happen. Just say this, say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner and that's why I'm coming to you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for the sins of the entire world. And this day I accept you as my savior. And I declare that you're Lord and I believe in you. And I make a decision today to submit my life to your kingship and to follow you. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so excited for you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.